It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Let's go to Ambassador John But it was John a good Bolton. point, Your Honor. It was. Which one? Both of them. All of them were, right? Um, Ambassador John Bolton, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you know, obviously we're talking a lot about what's going on. First, Russia, Ukraine. Big news. Um, and the reason I was bringing up Evan Gerskovich, um, because there's so much attention on Russia, Ukraine. It just came out, um, like about two hours ago that the U.S. is going to allow cluster bombs in Ukraine, that they're going to be selling them to Ukraine. Uh, what do you think that means? Well, I think it's an excellent idea. It, we should have done it before the Ukrainians have been asking for it. You know, this is this is another example of the cycle of the Biden administration giving aid to Ukraine. They're asked for something. Their first reaction is no. Uh, then they think about it. Then they decide to do it. But well after it might have been effective. Now, you know, the, the thing about cluster bombs is that the high-minded in the United States and Europe think cluster bombs are bad things. Our military has never believed that. We have used cluster bombs. The American military has used cluster bombs to great effect in protecting our troops uh, and in impeding the enemy. And uh, the Ukrainians know that, and that's why they've asked for them. So let, let's not shed any tears over this. Uh, every country, and we should participate in this, has an obligation to clean up the battlefield after the war is over to protect innocent civilians. I'm sure the Ukrainians will do that. We should help them out. But right now, the question is not what happens after the war. The question is who wins the war. And cluster cluster munitions, I think, will aid the Ukrainians. You know, we still haven't given them, um, you know, the F-16s. There's still so many of these things. Um, I mean, it, we just we were talking with uh, General Keith Kellogg uh, just a little bit ago, and he's said he wants to write a book called War for Dummies by the way that the Biden administration has handled this. Well, they've never had a strategy from the beginning and, and strategy in, in conceptual terms is not hard. You decide your objectives and then you decide what resources you need to achieve them. The Biden administration has never done that in Ukraine. We've got a long list of weapon systems we've supplied uh, but but not all at the same time and not in a way that will make them effective. Now, hopefully these munitions, of which the United States has ample supplies in its armories, uh, can be delivered quickly and, and applied on the battlefield where, where I think the Ukrainian military can really uh, use them to get through the tough defenses that the Russians have built up in the eastern part of their country. Ed, your thoughts about where this goes now? Yeah, uh, the... <laughs> What do you think the vision of the White House is here with respect to Ukraine? Do you think they have any at all or is it just uh, escalation piece by piece? Uh, are they really headed towards negotiations or do they really want to win? Well, you know, there's been a, a speaking of news breaks, this revelation in the past 24 hours or so that uh, unofficial Americans, many former officials of both Republican and administration have been in conversation with uh, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, other Russians, perhaps uh, also private citizens, to talk about what negotiations would look like. Now, uh, I know the people involved. I've, I've seen the names in the, in the, in the newspapers, uh, the Americans. I am convinced that they would not have uh, gone to the Russians or accepted a Russian approach if they hadn't cleared it with the White House. And the signal that that sends to Russia is the Americans are looking to negotiate. Their resolve is weakening. Exactly. Uh, and if we exactly. can just hold off, if we can just hold off this Ukrainian spring offensive, 
then we can get to negotiations and we can achieve diplomatically what Russian combat forces have failed to achieve militarily. It worried me more than any military development I've seen in the war. So that leads, do you think the Ukrainians then know that they've got to make this counteroffensive work? Do you think it will? Do you think they, with cluster bombs and that's about all they got, they're not going to get the long-range uh, attackmas, attackmas. So right. with what they got, do you think they, they, can, uh, they can succeed? Well, you know, uh, our military observers are confident. Uh, they spent a long time training uh, their Ukrainian counterparts. They think morale is high. I agree with that. Uh, but the Russians are very well dug in. And I think it's uh, the stakes are high for the Ukrainians. I, I wish expectations weren't so high. Um, but but it's uh, they're you know, they're 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 proceeding as they've been trained to do. Uh, we're told their best units have not yet been committed. We don't know whether the whole Prigozhin affair uh, has uh, weakened the concentration and morale of the Russian forces. And now, you know, we, again, we've heard in the past uh, couple of days, Prigozhin may be back in Russia, not in Belarus, where he was supposed to go. So that that affair isn't over yet. And that could be having an effect on uh, Russian troops. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Too. Ambassador, it's, it's Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. What's the impact if he is, in fact, back in Russia? What is that about? Well, you know, your guess is as good as mine. I, this this guy, I think, has a screw loose. I mean, that's my my uh, professional psychological judgment on him. Uh, I think if if he was really concerned about his own physical safety, he ought to be heading toward Brazil, not toward Moscow. Uh, it may be he's going to try and link up with remaining uh, Wagner Group forces that have not been disarmed or or uh, reintegrated with the regular military. They certainly haven't turned up in Belarus. I mean, you have reporters walking through the tents that were prepared for him. There's nobody there. So the, the, this, the situation inside Russia remains very unclear. We're right back where we were, I think, a couple of weeks ago. We just don't really have enough information at this point to have a clear judgment. You know, I want to ask you, Ambassador Bolton, this story uh, that came out, there's a story basically saying that World War III will be fought with viruses um, and a cyber attack. Uh, do you agree? I mean, sort of uh, where sort of the next major war could come from? Right. And, and by viruses, you mean biological. Uh, yes. Weapons, yes. Not computer yes. viruses, although cyber would be part of any war. <laughs> Look, and I've spent a lot of time in my career on weapons of mass destruction, nuclear, chemical and biological. And in, in that in that trade, they call chemical and biological weapons the poor man's nuclear weapon. Easier to get, uh, uh, obviously uh, less expensive but potentially just as, as deadly. And, and we've seen really a, a dress rehearsal of what a biological weapons attack could look like in the coronavirus. The epidemiology of, of a pandemic and a, and a BW attack are very similar. Look, look what that did to our country. And, and probably that was you know just a leak from the Wuhan laboratory. But the Chinese and our other adversaries have learned a lot about the weaknesses we have uh, in dealing to a BW attack, and and remember, it might also it might not necessarily be against humans. It could be against our food supply too. Wow. Uh, well, uh, former Ambassador John Bolton, thank you so much. Uh, we really Glad appreciate be you, you being on. Have a great weekend, thank Ambassador you, John. Take care.